You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about revival today like we always do. We're going to talk about it from the book of Nehemiah. And you wouldn't pick Nehemiah probably to talk about revival, meaning a move of God where God's people, we're not talking about the unsaved, we're not talking about those that are out on the streets, they're important, they need awakening, they need to be saved, they need to be born again, we know those things. But when you talk about revival, it means revive, it means that the people of God, those are the covenant people of God. And so when you talk about the Jewish people, they have a covenant with God. They need to be revived, revive the covenant, reinstitute the covenant in them and get it started again. And life comes back in, the life of God, <clears throat> the covenant of God, the power of God. And same thing with the Christians. They're under a covenant of God. And yet we need to be revived many times. We've let life come in and things come in. So in the book of Nehemiah, uh, they had got away from God and they went into, as God said, well, you know, bad things are going to happen. And so they went into exile, okay? They were taken out of Israel and, and taken away from Jerusalem. Years went by. And then those that survived the exile came back. So they come back to Israel. They come back to Jerusalem. And Nehemiah, and he's asking questions. What's going on there now? He wants to say, how are the people doing? And this is what they told him. Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. All right? The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. So here we have a great description of what they see. First of all, the people are in trouble, and they are disgraced, all right? And then when this says the walls are down and the gates are down, that means, and they're also unprotected. Well, whoever wants to come and get them can come and get them, right? They don't have protection. That's why they have the wall and the gates. And so when I read that, I was reading that yesterday, <clears throat> Just thinking about it, I thought, here are the people, they need something. Obviously, they need to be revived. They're in trouble. They're disgraced. And they need some protection. They need to get the wall up and the gate up so that they don't, so the enemy, their enemies, can't come and take them away or loot, you know, take their stuff or whatever. <clears throat> so in, in looking at this and comparing it to where we are today, uh, across the board, this might not apply to your church, but it might. Might not apply to the other church, but it might. But across the board, we see that those who call themselves Christians and go to church, whatever kind of church, are also people that have fallen prey to a lot of enemies. And I say that meaning the enemies that we don't want in our lives. We don't want to be depressed. We don't want to be in trouble. We don't want to be angry. We don't want to feel defeated. We don't want to feel like we've... we've uh, you know, made so many mistakes. Now we're so disappointed in ourselves and don't know what to do. And uh, we failed in marriages and finances and relationships. And now we got kids that we need to try to get them on track and keep them on track. And we don't know how to be parents. And this weighs down on us. Now, when you go to a lot of churches, you don't know the people are in that shape because that's the best time of the week for them because we come in and we hear positive messages and positive songs and everybody wants to put on their best. And it's not 
Not that they're being fake, really. It's just this is the time when we come and we hear some good words and we hear some positive thoughts. Uh, but when they get out of church, they go back home, they're facing trouble and disgrace. And the walls and gates of their lives are down. So every bad thought about themselves or every fearful thought about themselves or their life or whatever comes zooming in. And the rest of the week is uh, just kind of there. And they don't have that feeling of exuberance. Maybe that they get when they go to church and they hear a real positive thing. You can make it. You know, you're okay. And so, uh, so I've been thinking about that. Where are we going wrong? Why can't we maintain some of this? And so I thought about it and looked across the board about what kind of stuff is being told to people in church that not only is keeping them from being revived, getting life back, getting it where the gate and wall of their life is up and they're protected from the, the thoughts of the enemy, the thoughts of Satan, the thoughts of fear, the thoughts of doubt, you know, all those things uh, and failure and disappointment. And so we need revival. We need revival in the individual. We need revival in the churches, right? And so what's, what's going on here? So I, I, I kind of looked across the board of kind of what is the root message that's being taught in churches across America. And I narrowed it down to one gospel that's not really a gospel at all. It's the gospel of self-love. The root of it is self-love. You can get a lot of tributaries out of that and split it, but just get, break it down. It's self-love, and which is no gospel at all. But did you know, I don't know, you check it out for yourself. I couldn't think of one. I can't think of one place in the Bible where God tells me to love myself. Can you? And yet, sermon after sermon, teaching after teaching is told every Sunday across our America, across our country, love yourself. And the favorite of all is what? You know this. He says, how can you love other people if you don't love yourself? Where is that in the Bible? God never said that. And yet I think people think it's in there because they don't read their Bibles. How can you love other people if you don't love yourself? How can you love God if you don't love yourself? You know why that's not in the Bible? Do you know why self-love is not in the Bible? You know why? Because you already love yourself. That's why it's not in there. What did, what did Jesus say? What did the Bible teach us? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's already telling you, you already love yourself. The problem is you don't love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. You don't love God like you love yourself. You don't love others like you love yourself. You get into a relationship. You don't love the other person as much as you love yourself. You don't have a problem loving yourself. In fact, I think it was Paul said, no man, no person ever hated their own self. No person ever hated themselves. You can look that up. There's different translations, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it. Uh, no person ever hated themselves. And so the problem is not self-love. And yet they'll go into church and they'll be teaching you on self-love, not realizing the problem we have is self-love. And so actually they feed that self, even more self, even more self, which is the root of the problem. You see, the Bible doesn't teach self-love. It te teaches giving up yourself. You know that. If you've been in church long or you've ever been around the Bible, you know what it really says, but you don't want to hear it. You know, some of these, uh, this false gospel of self-love, they get thousands and thousands of people pack in to hear it every Sunday, different churches, big, they got big followers on the internet, you know, because the self loves to hear about itself, but it's a false gospel. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, it's another gospel. It's another gospel. It's not the gospel. It's another gospel. 
And so it just keeps going and keeps going. And let me tell you something about yourself. Yourself is never satisfied. You can never get enough self for yourself to say that's enough, right? So you, uh, the more you feed it, the more it wants. It never says there, I've got it. Like, um, you, you know, if you can, you tell your, yourself tells you and you think about it and you see a new car and you think to yourself, well, or, or you're, oh, let's take it to like your teenager or something like that. You know, they're getting a new car and they, they're begging and begging and begging for that car. And they, they, oh, and they're thinking, if I could just get that car, I'd be happy. Oh, if I could just get that car, I'd be so satisfied. And so they get the car. And then in the next year, they want something else. Maybe another car or maybe another something or something, something. They're begging for something else. The self doesn't ever say, wow, I got this car. I don't need anything else ever, ever, ever. The self wants something else. It's never satisfied. So the gospel of self-love is destroying us. The Bible says we are to die to ourselves. And if we do that, if we lose ourselves first, lose ourselves first, then we will find ourselves. And so we're, we got it backwards. And so many people, they're trying to build a relationship, but they go and all they do is get involved in self-love. And so you need to love yourself more. You need to hug yourself, love yourself, put yourself first, self-improvement, self right? Self-love, self-motivation. And so it's all circling around the self, which is, a, is totally opposite of the gospel, but it's be, the real gospel and the Bible, but it's being taught in churches all across America and people are eating it up. They just eat it up because the self is in love with itself. And Jesus is teaching us, this is where the root of your problems is. So here, our, our country, our nation, our world, we need a massive move of God. There's things happening in our world that we didn't ever think we'd see in our lifetime. And I heard somebody say, where is God in all this? Well, he, what happens is the more we dwell on ourselves, God's still here, but it, there's a distance. He gets farther and farther away. There's a distance. So the question isn't, where, where have you been, God? God says, talks to us and says, where have you been? Where were you when everything was better? Where were you? You, you were nowhere to be found, God says. So then, then just like they went into exile because they got far away from God, then we get far away from God farther away, drifting farther away, looking at ourselves, serving ourselves, thinking of ourselves, even though we might attend church. But our week is full of self. And then all of a sudden, things go haywire, relationships, finances, world, politics, <clears throat> you know, economics, whatever it is. The world goes haywire or our personal life goes haywire, our relationships, our marriage, our money, our kids, and we're stressed. And we, we, you know, we just start feeling bad about ourselves. We failed in our marriage or failed in finances or, or you're just disappointed in yourself. So you go to feel better about yourself, not knowing what you need to do is you need to find the self of God. You need to find, lose yourself in this person, Jesus. Lose yourself. How can you get close to him? And the Bible says if you'll get close to him, you're going to feel him getting close to you. You won't have to say, where's God? Where is he? Well, he'll get close to you. So the problem is not self-love because the problem is we need to love our neighbor. We need to love God. We need to love the things of God, the word of God, the kingdom of God as much as we love ourselves. You get into a church that teaches you how to do that 
you're going to start feeling better about yourself, your kids, your family, your fi- everything's going to get better because God's going to be pulled into that. And the presence of God, we keep it up and enough churches keep it up. We'll see the power of God get closer and closer. Maybe we can break this, this cloud over our nation, this cloud over our churches and this cloud over, over our people and get a true revival from the kingdom of God. All right. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.